You're listening to episode 56 of Friending, a podcast that helps women have life-giving female friendship no matter what season they're in. My name is Noelle Rhodes and I study female friendship and I tell stories. On this podcast, I tell you stories about my own journey and the things I'm learning about female friendship along the way. We are continuing our series on the friendship lies that hold us back from having the friendships we want to have. So here we go. My college friends and I never imagined that we would grow apart from each other. It never crossed our minds for one second that 20 years later, we could be scrolling through our Instagram feed and stumble upon an account of someone that we used to be college roommates with. Sure, the face was familiar, but the friendship was just a faded memory, like an old photograph. You'd look at it and sigh and say, huh, how long has it been since I've talked to her? We were so confident that we would do every step of life together that some of us were in each other's weddings. Some of us even kept up with the baby showers for a handful of years. But very few of us kept up with each other's lives for the long haul. I probably have two or three college friends that I still talk to regularly. But the rest? I think they're doing well. Some of them still wish me a happy birthday on Facebook and... That's pretty much it. For me, college was a season where friendship was the easiest to grow and nurture. Why? Because, well, we were all in the same exact season of life together. We were in college, doing college things. We were similar ages with similar financial standings. Mainly, we were all broke as a joke, apart from the help that we got from our parents. Most of us were looking for love, and we relished in each other's stories of new boyfriends, breakups, engagements, and beyond. We were thirsty for adult life, and it was a wonderful camaraderie of finally becoming a grown-up woman. But I had mistakenly believed that I finally figured out how to do female friendship in college. In middle school, I was like a friendship train wreck. In high school, I was so highly insecure that the majority of my friendships were shallow because, well, wasn't that the case for most of us? But in college, I had found my people. The friendship I experienced in college was the friendship that I had witnessed on television. Being a teenager in the 90s, I religiously consumed TV shows like Friends, Felicity, and yes, Sex in the City. Now, my mother would want you to know that I was technically not allowed to watch Sex in the City and that any watching of it was done without her knowing. Sorry, Mom. But you see, the friendships portrayed on television, yes, even Sex in the City, were somewhat similar to my own college friendships. While Carrie Bradshaw and her besties brunched at luxe New York City restaurants wearing heels, drinking mimosas, and discussing their current life dilemmas, my friends and I were doing the same, except we were eating powdered scrambled eggs in the college cafeteria and drinking hot chocolates while wearing Converse sneakers and hoodies. It felt nearly the same. It wasn't until I was into my second year of married life that I realized wait a second, my friendships don't look like the friendships on television. 
they don't even look like the friendships I had in college. In fact, wait, do I even have friends? Suddenly, I was on this quest to find women who were in the same season of life as me, newlyweds. It was hard work, but eventually I found them. Unfortunately, my friendship circles would always have to get reconfigured when someone had a baby or someone's season of life changed. In fact, when I had my own first child, I went on another quest to find a mom bestie with an infant as well. And while I found these people and made friends with them, not all of these friendships were deep, nor did they last past the season of life we were sharing. By the time my kids entered elementary school, and I went through several circles of friends as my own seasons of life changed, I was confronted with something I wasn't really willing to look at before. I had believed a friendship lie. What I began to see was that for me to feel supported and known, I actually did not need to have friends who were in the same season of life as me. In fact, perhaps I shouldn't make that my friendship goal. Maybe the most precious and life-giving female friendships I would experience would be with women who were past the season where I was, or maybe not in that season yet, or never experience it at all. Having friendships with women who are older or younger or just in a different season of life gave me a gift that I desperately needed as I walk out my God-given purpose. They gave me the gift of perspective. Let me explain. One of my friends has already raised her children. She's been married to her husband double the years that I've been married to mine. She's gone through things, hard things, like really hard things that I haven't gone through. In fact, she's not in the same season of life as me at all. But she's in the same place of calling. We both feel called to communicate hope and encouragement to women through writing and speaking. That is how we became friends. Our friendship reminds me a lot of the friendship shared between Mary and Elizabeth in the Bible. Mary, the mother of Jesus, and Elizabeth, her older cousin, who was the mother of John the Baptist. And here's how that story goes. Mary is visited by an angelic being who tells her in Luke chapter 1, verse 30, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Now listen, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. Mary asked the angel, How could this be, since I have not had sexual relations with a man? The angel replied to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And consider your relative Elizabeth. Even she has conceived a son in her old age and this is the sixth month for her who was called childless. For nothing will be impossible with God. See, I am the Lord's servant, said Mary. May it happen to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. Mary is young 
and she's just told that she's about to give birth to God's son. The whole thing is wild, and it does seem impossible because, you know, she's a virgin. But the angel points out to her someone she knows, someone who has been called to supernatural birth as well, her cousin, Elizabeth. Now, Elizabeth was not young. She was in her golden years. She was too old to have kids. While Mary was only engaged to a humble carpenter named Joseph, Elizabeth had been married for years to a well-known local figure, the priest Zachariah. Not in the same season of life at all, but God had called both Mary and Elizabeth to each carry and give birth to miracles. One that would proclaim hope and the other that would be the hope. What you should know is that Elizabeth had been barren for all of her childbearing years. A baby was something that she always wanted but never had until the Holy Spirit made it possible because he had a greater purpose for the child she would mother. So when Mary heard from the angel that Elizabeth was also called to partner in supernatural work of motherhood by the Holy Spirit, what did she do? She went to Elizabeth. And listen to what happens next in verse 41. In those days, Mary set out and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judah, where she entered Zachariah's house and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped inside of her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and your child will be blessed. How could this happen to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For you see, when the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby leaped for joy inside of me. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill what he has spoken to her. And Mary then said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. Okay, we need to remember that Elizabeth is older. Her history with the Lord was longer than Mary's. Her perspective was laced with the understanding that God was going to do something special in and through Mary because she was not in the same season of life as Mary. You see, Elizabeth was able to encourage a young and probably scared woman that God had blessed her with this calling. Elizabeth herself also felt encouraged by Mary's presence, which is why she said, How could this happen to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For you see, when the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby leaped for joy inside of me. This exchange between these two women who were in two different seasons of life was powerful. Mary begins to praise the Lord after Elizabeth calls her blessed. She says, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Both women point each other to Christ. In a sense, they link arms in the calling that has been placed on them, women made into mothers by the power of the Holy Spirit alone. Their confidence in what God was calling them to do was mutually stirred by the friendship that they had and the care that they had for one another. I'm amazed at this because I think on how many times my older friend has done the same thing for me that Elizabeth did for Mary. 
I mean, my friend's perspective has been the light at the end of the tunnel I am walking through. Her calling is similar to mine, but she is at a different stage of the journey. Her words of encouragement, her seasoned advice, her prayers and concerns have stirred the confidence in me of what I'm called to do, my purpose. And even though I'm younger, I get to do the same for her. I have a younger friend of mine who was once an intern at a church that we worked with when we were missionaries in Northern Ireland. And though we're not in the same season of life, we still encourage each other, mainly with funny memes discovered on Instagram, you know, holy work, but still, her friendship, her prayers, her life, her calling, her purpose, it all blesses me. She doesn't have kids, she's not married, but knowing her has made me see Jesus all the more. We miss out on so much when we believe the lie that friendship must be with people who are in the same season of life as us. I would argue that we need friendships with people who are walking in the same direction as we are, not necessarily in the same season. And this is different. Here, let me explain it this way. I have a friend who I exercise with almost every day. She's been an athlete longer than I have, and frankly, I've only been an athlete for about two seconds. My friend, she's run marathons. I've only knocked out a 10K, which is something I'm proud of, but I'm in a different running season. I'm in the running newbie season, and she is in the marathon runner season. Running with her, however, has made me a better runner. And running with me has reminded her of all the important running things seasoned runners tend to forget, like form and diet and cross-training. As she runs with me, she freshens up on what is important if you want to actually last the race. And together, we're better runners. Our different perspectives and our different seasons serve our purposes. And that is cool. See, there's this real friendship lie that some of us are still believing, whether we want to admit it or not, that we need friends who are going through the same thing in the same time frame as we are in order for us to not feel lonely. We picture pushing the baby carriages together, decorating our first homes together, going away on vacation together, and all of our children being the same age, or maybe not having kids at all. But it's all the same at the same time, and we think that's going to make it easier. But that's a lie. It's not easier, and it's not better. The truth is that friends who are in different seasons can be the most enriching friendships we experience. And I want to be clear that I'm not talking about having a mentor or coach, which I'm all for, by the way. I'm talking about intentionally looking for friends who are in a different space of life, but perhaps are running in the same direction. We can give each other the invaluable gift of perspective that we would otherwise not have if we were standing in the same season. Think about the truth that Elizabeth speaks to Mary and meditate on it this week. She said, Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill what he has spoken to her. When I think back on those college friendships, I think we were so tightly knitted together because we were excited about our purpose. We believed in it. When those friendships faded from me, I felt a 
alone in my purpose. And then I tried to replicate that support with others who were my age and were in my season of life. It is God who fulfills our purpose and not our friends. But God does use our female friends to remind us that we have been called to a great purpose and how wonderful it is to hear it from others who have a different perspective than we do because of where they are in their lives. There is such freedom in letting go of the lie that our besties, our friendship circle, the people we hang with must be going to the same thing that we are at the same time in order for us to not feel alone in our purpose. We just need friends who remind us that we do have purpose and we are blessed if we believe that it's Jesus who will carry it through. And sometimes those friends are younger, sometimes they're older, sometimes they have kids, sometimes they don't, some of them are married, some of them are single, some of them are divorced, but their perspective enriches our life because it's different than our own. And while I often think about my college friends and all the fun that we had together, I am so grateful that God has brought women in my life who are from different seasons and that their perspective have shaped my understanding, my confidence in the purpose that God has called me to. Some of these friends graduated college 25 years before I even stepped foot on campus. And some of these friends haven't graduated yet. And that's cool. That's all for today. I hope you are encouraged. For our friending Patreon supporters, we have a gift for you that accompanies this episode. A graphic of this episode's truth that you can use as your phone wallpaper. Or if you like, you could print it up and stick it on your fridge. If you aren't a friending Patreon supporter but wish to become one because you want to help keep this show going, check out the show notes for more details. Friending Patreon supporters get early access to episodes and cool bonus gifts like today's episode, Flip the Script Truth Graphic. Alright, I've talked enough. Get out there today and be a good friend because the world needs more of them. Until next time, your friend, Noelle. Hey there, if this episode encouraged you, please, please share it on social media and then tag us with our handle at friending show so that we could see that you shared it. Come on, let others know about this podcast if it's been a help to you. Thanks for being a friend.